welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. All right, how many are never going to look at apples the same? Uh, yeah, I did that illustration once and I had my mom in the group. How many know she got the first bite, right? You know, honor mom, but uh, really that's true. We want to make sure that God gets the first bite, that he doesn't get the slobbery leftovers and that we honor him. The Bible talks about honor him with the first fruits of all your wealth. That's what Proverbs talks about. It says, honor him with the first fruits. Give him the very first bite. We talk about that around here being a tithe, that we want you to uh, give a tithe, give him the first 10%. And the Bible talks a lot about tithe, and we're going to get there today. Um, It talks about giving that first tenth, the very first part of our finances to the Lord. And uh, I want to let you know that as we do this series, I'm excited to talk about it. Every year that we talk about tithing, giving, stewardship, generosity, we're going to talk about all that. Um, I get excited about it. I I have a lot of fun with it. I think that it's something that gives us a breakthrough. I do not shy away from it. Um, Some people are like, well, of course you don't. I mean, that means people give more money and all that. No, I got to tell you, I was tithing since I was a little kid. I've been tithing my whole life. I actually tithe myself and make sure that we continue to tithe. I want to tell you, this is about you and about you being right with God and money. And making sure that money becomes a tool in your hands rather than a master that you serve. And I believe this, that money is encroaching on a lot of us. Uh, The love of money encroaches on a lot of us. And we've got to get this right. We give God the leftover and God's not excited about that. So we're going to jump into this series and really make sure that we do it right. And I want to let you know, I feel compelled that I, I, I have to be strong in this series. When I read 1 Timothy and I see the Apostle Paul talking to a young minister uh, by the name of Timothy, he tells him in 1 Timothy 6, verses 17, 18, he says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And when I see that, I think that Paul's telling Timothy, he's like, come on, command them to do it. Command them, tell them. And he, he must have been pastoring a rich area. He must have been pastoring an area where people had some means and would be prone to falling into arrogance and, and thinking that they could trust in their money. And I can't help but think that we live in that type of area. I mean, we're in that type of country. We're in a beautiful state and we are surrounded by wealth. And many of us have great wealth. And so I want to make sure that I do this right, that I preach it strong, and that you may feel like, man, he came off a little strong. It almost felt like he was commanding people to do that. When I see that, I, I see what Paul is saying to Timothy. I feel that same ownership. I really believe that the Bible is so accurate that when it says that uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That when you start taking the money that God has given you and you start putting it into the things of God, your heart will go there. You'll have spiritual breakthroughs. Things will happen in your life. And so it's with total confidence and boldness that I preach this message and uh, won't back off at all. I can tell you this, that the church isn't desperate. We're not in a, a bad spot. 
through great stewardship of our elders, uh, I can let you know that we have a couple months income in reserve. I can let you know that we had the best year of kingdom builders ever. We're staying on budget for this year. We're doing everything right. We're not in a position of like pay attention because we're hurting. I, I just want to say this, pay attention because if you're not doing this right, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting your spiritual life. And uh, I believe in this. I want to challenge you in this. And I want you to really stick with us in this series. There's three weeks in this series. Stick with us. I know that some of you are like, well, he's talking about money. I'm out of here. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I want you to stick with us on this series. Stay in this. It, the, the more your flesh is saying you need to leave, you probably need to stay. Go to two services every weekend, you know. We allow that. <laughs> I want you to stay with it. And um, I want to let you know that every time we do the giving series, it's always in the winter. And uh, I always pray against snowstorms. You know, I'm like, Lord, let there not be any snowstorms. Let's have good weather during the giving series. So people are here and it's like 68 degrees out there. I just want to say my prayers are availing much. I'm just saying, right? I might be responsible for global warming. I don't know. All right, so. But you're here and we're ready for this. And uh, we're going to jump into this. Um, talk about this word, tithe. We say it a lot. We use it at our offering time. We talk about it here. We'll, we'll read it in the Bible. It's there quite a bit. And the Bible does say tithe. It means a tenth. It means 10% of the first 10% is the first fruits. God wants you to give a tithe. He wants you to be able to do that. And so when we look at the Bible and we see the tithe that's in there, uh, I know that some of you are familiar with it. Some of you are not familiar with it. Uh, I've had somebody, one person came up to me, he's like, why don't we like tithes here? Why do we give them to the Lord? I was like, tithes? And he's like, yeah, like I don't, you never wear a tie. You get, I was like, no, tithe, T-I-T-H-E. So I get it, all right. You know, and we try, to, we try to get you up to speed. I had one time we did a baby dedication and I said, just stretch out a hand towards the baby. And I forget that people don't always know what's going on. And afterwards, this lady was like, are we just sending good vibes up there? Or, you know, so I tried to explain it. I said, well, we're agreeing with the prayer by stretching our hand. But okay, I'll explain this word tithe. And Deuteronomy talks about tithing. There's a lot of places that talk about tithing. And in Deuteronomy 14, 23, the Lord's saying, I'm, I'm having you tithe. And I'm having you do this. In the end of it, it says, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. So that you may learn to revere him. So you may learn to trust him. So you may learn to honor. And God tells us to do this tithing, to give 10% so that we do that. So that we realize, like, I, I trust you. I honor you. I give you the first bite. And I, I wanted to call this series In God We Trust because I was in Israel and I just felt it over and over and over again. God was saying, I need them to trust me. I need them to trust me. And every time we're going around Israel and we're reading the Bible and I'm, and I'm reading these stories about this, I'm realizing God was just saying over and again, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And tithing says that you trust God. Tithing says that you understand that he's your source. He's your provider. God's first. And so Deuteronomy said, I'm doing this so that you'll learn to put me first, that you'll revere me that you'll honor me. We see the first instance of tithing in the Bible with uh, Abraham. In Genesis 14, Abraham has just fought a battle. He fought a battle. He gets all these spoils of the war and he fights the battle. And on the way from the battle, he come, he's coming home and he runs into the, a priest by the name of Melchizedek. 
And the Bible tells us that Melchizedek uh, blesses him. Matter of fact, I'll read it in Genesis 14, verse 19. It says, And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then it says, And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. At the end of this, Melchizedek's like, Do you understand? God blessed you. God took care of you. God blessed you. And Abraham's like, I do. And he's like, I want to give God a tenth of everything. And so Abraham takes a tenth of everything and gives it to the priest. And he said, this is to God because he took care of me. And I want you to understand the, the concept of tithing when Abraham first would ever do this. It wasn't God, I want to give you 10%. So you bless me and give me more. Sometimes you may hear people say like you tithe and you, God will bless, uh, he will bless you. But when tithing started, it wasn't like I'm giving this so you will. I'm giving this because you have. You've already blessed me. You've already done so much good. You've already taken care of me. I won the battle because of you. And so I want to say thank you. And I think tithing is saying, God, I recognize that you've done it for me. You've blessed me. You poured it out. And I want to say thank you to that. That's what the tithe does. Another person, Jacob in Genesis 28. Jacob has a, a dream and he realizes God's here. This is amazing. And the Bible tells us that Jacob goes and gives 10% of the Lord. And, and it's like his heart is touched by God. Before this, this guy's a, a cheat and a swindler and he's, you know, moving things around. And at this moment, he gets touched by God. And he's like, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything. And I've said it over and over again. A heart that is touched by God wants to give. And as you look through the Bible, you'll see a heart touched by God wants to give. And it's usually 10% or more. And they're like, I, I honor you. Thank you for touching me. Thank you for taking care of me. I want to give to you. As you move further into the Bible, you'll see that uh, the law is created. God starts to give his law to his people. Now you got to understand, he gave his law to them. They had no idea how to live. They were slaves. They were slaves. They had no idea how to live. And so he's like, I'm going to give you my law and I'm going to teach you how to live. I'm going to teach you to honor me. Give 10%. I'm going to teach you how to take care of the poor. Give 10% more every third year. I mean, some years the tithe was up to 23%. They give uh, all their giving with totals like tithe and then benevolence and kingdom builders, if you will. They just kept going, okay? He's teaching them and it's in the law saying, here's how you have to do this. Here's how I want you to do this. He says, um, Leviticus 27, verse 30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. And then he goes on and talks about livestock. He's like, you got to tithe on that. And I had one guy come in. He goes, I'm not a farmer, so I don't have to tithe. I said, that's all they were back then, okay? That's all they were. The point was God was saying, God was saying the things that you make money on, the things that you uh, earn an income on, I want you to tithe on that. That was the principle. And he said it was holy and set apart. He said this 10% was holy and set apart. He said that belongs to me. I want you to understand that. When it says it's holy, it just means it was God's. It was set apart. And, and God was saying, give it to me. It's mine. And I want you to understand, I'm blessing you. And the people in the Bible in those days, they didn't walk around and go, tither, right here, pretty good tither. I'm a tither, full 10% tither. All right. They didn't do that because they were just returning to the Lord what was already set apart for him. It was his. It would be like if your campus pastor, um, 
said to me, like, can I, can I use your truck? And I was like, sure. And I gave the keys to your campus pastor. And then he came back to me. He's like, hey, I want to bless you. And I want to give you back your keys to your truck. I'm like, you're not blessing me. That's my truck. Did you wash it? Did you wax it? Is it full? Did you clean up your kid's mess in there? You see what I'm saying? The tithe was just returning to the Lord. He's like, that's mine. Honor me. Make sure that I'm first and that you trust me. It's just a thought about this, that there's so many scriptures about tithing and instructions about tithing. It was saying, this tithe will take care of the priests because I want them to do this responsibility before me. He's like, priests, remember, you have to tithe too. Even though you're being paid from the tithe, you have to tithe. And I want to let you know, our pastors all tithe. Matter of fact, we check the pastor's tithe record every year. And if it doesn't look like 10%, because we know what we pay them, we call them in the office. Pastor Darren can get pretty mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I delegated that to him. I was like, you take care of him. And I'm just telling, but I, here's the thing. He's only doing what I'm saying. Because I say, why do I want somebody on staff that doesn't want to tithe? Why do I want somebody that wants to live on the tithe and then not tithe? I want them to tithe. Let's tithe. And so the, the Bible was clear. Priests have to tithe. You tithe, take care of the priests, take care of the poor. The extra years. And so all these things are going on. He's saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And he's training people. He's saying, I want you to learn how to take care of my kingdom, how to advance my cause. I want you to take care of those people that are serving in, in the temple. I want you to do that. I want you to take care of the poor and needy. And God's giving them guidelines and moving them along. And they tithed on everything. And I got to thinking about this, how easy it is for us to tithe today. About 60% of our giving comes in online. That means you are clicking a mouse to tithe, tapping a screen. Some of you have it on auto pay and you don't even worry, you know. Somebody said, will you stop praying for snowstorms if 90% people tithe online? No, I still want you here. I still want you here. It's not about that. But these, there's, it's so easy. And in their day, I mean, think about it. They'd be like, just imagine if you had a big herd of cattle or sheep or goats and you're like, they're prospering. And you're like, okay, it's, I got to go to the temple. I got to bring my tithe. And you're like, uh, how many, you know, I have a thousand cattle. That's a hundred cattle. Separate them over there, you know. And then, you know, how many sheep? And, you're, and you got this herd going and you're bringing them into the temple. Sometimes it was a couple days journey. And think about it, all the grain and all the, I mean, they'd have wagons full of stuff. And they're bringing that. I mean, you can imagine that. You're bringing your tithe and you're, you're there and all of a sudden a cow goes running off. You're like, catch him. He's kingdom builders. Get him back in here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, you're just herding them in. And you're, again, you're just click, click. I mean, it's just something about us saying, God, I want to tithe, I want to honor you. And they brought that. I mean, they put a lot of effort into it. We put a lot of excuses into why we don't. And they put a lot of efforts into why they do. I really believe in the tithe. I believe God gets the first bite. And I believe the tithe helps us to understand that's where God wants us to start. That's where God wants us to start. It's like learning to ride a bike and he's saying, the tithe is like training wheels. Let's get you started with 10% and then we'll go up from there. We'll keep going and I want my people to be generous because I'm a generous God, but we're gonna start with that and there are gonna be little training wheels on you. And, and Beck and I, and we live on a, a cul-de-sac and you know, the neighbor kids, they're learning how to ride the bike and they, I see them on their training wheels and they are riding circles around that cul-de-sac and you know, and they got the training wheels. And, and then I'm thinking like, wait till you get those training wheels off. There's a whole world out there you can explore with your parents' permission. You know. I mean, Beck and I once biked across the Golden Gate Bridge. That's way more fun than training wheels in the cul-de-sac. 
and a lot further than it looks. I want to tell you that. That Golden Gate Bridge is long, but it still is fun. But there's something about saying, I'll start here and then I'll move to the next thing and I'll go to the next thing. I'll go up from there. Thank God that he gave us the tithe to get us started. Thank God that he said, here's something for you to start. And if you look in the Old Testament, it's, it's as if God's te- uh, treating them as children. He's like, come on, guys, 10%. Do that. Take care of the poor. Learn. Learn how to do this. Learn how to, to be free. Learn how to do this. Come on. In the New Testament, it's like God's treating us like adults. And he's saying, now that you've got this new heart, now that you understand what the whole plan was about and you've got Jesus, like, go give. Go give. Be adults. And if you think if he's treating kids with 10%, what is he asking the adults to do? What more is he asking us to grow into? So tithing, that aha moment that hits us, it helps us to realize that we're putting God first and then it also helps us to realize that we trust him. That we trust him. I mean, I think it's so interesting. So many times I'll, I'll ask people about tithing. People come up, they're like, I don't know if I can tithe. I don't know. And they're, they're just like, oh. And I'm like, well, you trusted God with your eternity. You trusted God to save your life and you believe that he's going to have you in heaven. Like, can you trust him that he'll take care of you financially? Can you trust him with that, with what he's entrusted to you? Can you step out and learn to be generous and to do that? And it's just, trust him. Trust him. And you have that aha moment, you know. We need it. Every one of us needs it because most of us are selfish. It's true. Most of us are selfish. The average person in America gives about 2% of their income to charity. Again, churchgoers, about 3%. The average person will give. And we're thinking about us and we're thinking about here. And God's like, I want you to tithe and I want you to bring me the first bite. I don't want you to miss that. God's like, don't give me the leftovers. Give me the first bite. Again, Leviticus 27 He's seen a tithe of everything of the land. But in verse 32, he says, Every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. No one may pick out the good one from the bad and make a substitution. God knew that even when he was teaching us about tithing, he's like, all right, one, two, three, five, six, seven, nine, ten. That's the one that goes. And you can't change. Because he knew that a lot of us would be like, ooh, that's a strong one. Nine and a half, ten. The scrawny one, ten. Give him that one, you know. So he's teaching us. Why? Because we're selfish. Why? Because we trust in us. And he's like, I'm teaching you how to trust in me. And this is showing me that you trust me. Will you, will you step out in faith and trust me that I'm your source? This is what it's teaching you. He's like, bring me the best. Let me have the first bite before you pay anything else. Give me the first bite and prove that you trust me, that you revere me, that you honor me. Give me that first bite. In Malachi, God is upset with his people because the giving that they were doing was kind of like, yeah, let's give God a sick cow and a, you know, let's give him the broken down things and let's give him the leftovers. And God's like, don't do that to me. If you honor me, if you trust me, give me the first bite, the best bite with no spit on it. Give me the best. He's like, I don't want your bad stuff. And he kind of says, he's like, do you think your president would like the bad stuff? Do you think your king would like the bad stuff? They wouldn't take it. I'm God. I don't want to take the leftovers. I remember as a youth pastor, I'd be like, we got a donation for the church. Our old nasty furniture from the basement. I was like, nope, we don't need it. Nope. I can't tell you how many old couches I had to say no to. They're like, yeah, yeah, we want to donate this to God. I'm like, nope. He does not want old couches from your basement that smell like cat pee. He does not want that. (laughs) Nope. Read Malachi. All right. 
The tithe is like having heart surgery. The tithe is like having heart surgery. That's what happens. God starts to cut out greediness and the self-centered life that we're living and the coveting that we have. And by the way, this, this heart surgery is for everyone. I, I travel around the world a lot. And I can tell you, we've done a lot of things wrong with missions in the world. Like we've, tre- we've trained the, many parts of the world to trust in the church in America rather than obey biblical principles. And it works because everybody's heart needs heart surgery, whether you're in Kenya or you're in Minnesota, you need heart surgery. Ron Blue, the, the founder of a wonderful ministry on giving, said he realized this when he asked a pastor in Kenya. He said, what's keeping you from spreading the gospel in Kenya the fastest? And he said, greed and coveting. And he said, what do you mean? You guys are so poor. What do you mean? He said, no, no, the guy with the mud hut wants a stone hut. The guy with a thatch roof wants a steel roof. The guy with one cow wants two. The guy with one acre wants two. It's like coveting is there for everybody. We all have to learn how to honor God with the first bite and with the first fruits and to be able to do that. We all need that aha moment where we say, God, I realize you're the one. I trusted you. Deuteronomy 8.18. Again, remember, he's instructing him. He says, but remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. He's telling them, guys, I gave you that ability to do it. I did it. Honor me. Remember, I blessed you. Remember how Abraham, he's like, I tithe you. You blessed me. You gave me the victory. Thank you, God, for giving me the victory. And, and as, I, as I was in Israel, I just kept hearing it over and over again. They had to trust me. They had to trust me. If you don't know this about Israel, Israel has really, like Jerusalem has no major river. Jerusalem has no major river. It has the, Israel has the Jordan, and they call it the Mighty Jordan. It's not very big. It's like Minnehaha Creek, okay? It's kind of small. You're like, the Mighty Jordan? It's like not very big. All right. They had to rely on God for water. They're like, I need you. If you don't send rain, we can't have the crops. If you don't send rain, the, the herd dies. And so the whole time they're needing to trust in God and they're needing to tithe and they're trusting in God for him to take care of them. That's why when they go and worship false gods, he gets so upset. Because many of the gods they worship were gods of nature and rain. And they were saying, we need rain, we need rain, we gotta have rain, we gotta, if we don't have rain. And then the, they'd see a false religion saying, this is the God of rain. They're like, he's the God of rain, we need rain. And so they go, well, let's pray to the God of rain and to our God. And God's like, no, you don't. You trust in me. You trust in me. And the whole thing's about, do you trust me? I will bring the rain. I will take care of you. You can imagine giving the first fruits. You've been praying for rain. You get the rain, you grow the crops. And all of a sudden the first crops come in and the first ones you have to give them. Now you have to believe that locusts aren't going to show up. Hail's not going to get it. The rain's going to continue to fall. You got to give God the first fruit. And when you do that, you're saying, God, I trust you. I trust you. You're my source. You're the one that gives me the victory. And I want to say this. Um, the further we get from the herd and from the field, the harder it is for people to understand that God did it for you. When you're praying for rain, you realize like, thank you, God, because you don't control the rain. Okay? When you're praying for your herd, you realize you don't control that. God's taking care of it. But how many know it's hard to think that God took care of you when you're sitting there all day at your laptop. Send. Look what I did. You're calling, making the deal. You know, you're so far removed from the herd and from the field that you forget God took care of you. 
And I don't want us to show hands, but I mean, I was even thinking, how many of us have ever like even butchered a chicken? Okay, don't worry. Yeah, some of you are like, I have. <laughs> some of you are like chicken lovers. You're like, no. <laughs> chicken is really good. It tastes like chicken. I'm just saying it. it does. <laughs> We're so far away. It's like, well, doesn't it come like wrapped in plastic and a little, you know, thing here? You put it on the grill and, you know, it's a long way. You're a long way away. God's saying, remember, I'm the one that brought the rain. I'm the one that took care of that. I'm the one that put into order laws of multiplication, laws of seed that produces more. I'm the one that takes care of you. We're going to look at that next week in the series too, where God's like, I, you know, the psalmist in Psalm 104 is like, yeah, you take care of the air. Thank you, God. Like if you stop taking care of the air, we're all dead, you know, all right? So he's, we realize he takes care of it. Now, if you, I see this with men a lot. I see it, and I know this is a broad brush, okay? But a lot of times when we preach on tithing, there's just some, there's a faith level in women. They're like, we should do that. And they look at their husband, we should do it. They're like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't know why that resistance. I guess the one thing I can think of is men tend to, tend to keep score with the money they make. I made that. I built that. I put my name on that. Yeah, that's me. I did that deal. Yeah, that's my account. That's my car. That's my thing. And there's a keeping score. And if you don't watch it, that's, that's pride. That's what it is. It should be, God gave me that. And it's a joy to give him back. God did that. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for everything that you've given to me. Trust him and don't let pride be there. God has a way of, of, of getting through that. And it's not a, a fun process. You give because you realize he blessed you and he'll continue to bless you. And when you don't give, I believe you're saying, I trust in me and not thee. That's a bold statement to make in the face of God. I'm not tithing, God, because I trust in me and not thee. And I, I don't want to be in that spot. I want to be in the spot that says, I trust in you. I, I believe in you. I, I, I will give you 10% and more of everything. I learned it at an early age. And I thank God that my parents gave me my allowance and change. And they were like, here it is. Make sure you tithe. And I learned it there. And I've, give, I've done that my whole life. I believe it offends God when we say, I trust in me. And I want to speak to anybody that isn't tithing. And I I'll give you the stats. I asked our business administrator, I said, how many people do you believe in our church are tithing? And he said, 20%. Okay, so about 20% of our church. And our church is doing exceptionally well financially. If you heard me say, we've got money in reserve. Best year kingdom builders. I just trained 104 pastors how to do this because they can't believe how generous. And yet God is doing that with about a 20% tithe. Okay? So I know when you're, when you're there, you're saying, God... I trust in me. And you know what? You're saying, I trust in my limits rather than your unlimited resources. I don't want to trust in my limited gifts and his amazing grace. I'd rather go there. Like if he's got the whole world, then I'd rather go with him and say, I trust you rather than me. I mean, have you, maybe it's just me. I mean, I remember like when we bought the Apple Valley campus and everybody was like, brilliant deal. You're such a great deal maker. I was like, I had no clue what I was doing. I had no clue. God just kind of gave us that one. Praise God. You know, I walk around with some of the deals and I'm like, God gave us that one too. Don't even know what happened. You know, and people are like, what's the secret? God, God. I mean, and I used to get all angry at people that used to say that. Now I'm like, it's true. It's true. 
Uh, we're just not good enough in so many ways. So stop believing in your own gifts and believe in his supernatural and start tithing. And I'll say this to people that have not tithed. Somebody, it's a big step. And the step that's going to attack you is going to be fear. You just have to settle it. I will not let fear have a stronger voice in my life than the voice of God. I will not let fear do that. And I just encourage you to step out in faith and do a first-time tithe and to do that. I know that you'll think, man, I can't. Oh, I'm still wrestling on this. Can I just say this? God wins all wrestling matches. He does. He just wins. Yield. Trust him. Last thing I'll say this is you don't calculate. You figure out how much a tithe is, but don't think, how will this work? I'm just going to tell you this. Tithing is not a head decision. It's a heart decision. It's a heart decision. And you say, God, you have my heart. God, you have everything. If that's something that you taught people how to be generous and how to trust you, I'll do that. And then we'll go up from there because I believe God treats us like adults. And he's like, now we're going to go up from there and watch what I have for you. But I just pray for anybody that has that, you need to make that first step. Make the first step. Your next paycheck, make that first step and say, God, I will trust you with the tithe. I'll trust you. I had somebody say, Pastor Rob, will you guarantee it and do like a money back guarantee? And I said, no, I won't. I will let you trust God. Because you know what you're saying? I trust Rob more than I trust God. And I was like, no, I, I want you to trust God. So Lord, I just pray right now, you help us to trust you. Please forgive us for offending you and saying, I trust in me. Please forgive us for saying, I think I can do more by keeping it than you could do by me giving it. It's yours. So I pray we'd start there. I understand, Lord, it's a starting point. I pray we'd start there and move up, move up into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.